This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves if you dial in toll-free. The number is 1-800-259-9231. That's 800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features there for free. Uh, Head on over. You can see the main feature of the website actually allows you, the listener, to control the content of the site. Uh, It's basically a feature that allows you to find out something that you think that's pretty cool online and share it with our listeners by going and submitting whatever it is you find to our website, and then it pops up for others to see, and then they can vote on whether they like or dislike it, and the most voted up will make it to the front page in the top of the website. Uh, So head on over and get interactive at freetalklive.com. Last night, uh, I said we were going to talk about the Iraq situation. And uh, we didn't get to it, so I want to make sure we get to it right out the gate here tonight, Mark. It's uh, it's big news here today, uh, where I've I've heard on the news all day long. This is it. Barack Obama has announced that uh, you know the, it is the end of combat in Iraq. It's a historic day. Mission accomplished. Uh, right, mission accomplished. Part part two. two. <laughs> Uh, For real this time. Well, right, because remember when uh, George Bush had his banner with uh, Mission Accomplished uh, when he was out on the aircraft carrier or whatever years ago, and of course the war continued on after that, but now it's for real. Now the combat is over. Well, as we, we talked briefly about this last week, it turns out what they're doing, and this has been done before. Oh, yeah. What they're doing is they are essentially changing the name of combat. So when the government says combat's over, it doesn't mean that people are going to be done shooting and killing and bombing. It just means that they've changed the name. It's it's like a legalese definition change. Yeah, they've they don't they don't have uh, you know combat troops. They have combat assistance troops. Who uh, you know the combat troops carry full uh, battle gear, the backpacks, the machine guns with several hundred rounds of ammunition, and they drive around in Humvees with fifty caliber machine guns on the top. The combat assistance troops have the same gear, the same machine guns, drive around in the same trucks, but because they're a different name now, it's it's all you know the combat's done. Now it's over. Well, they, they've uh, they've drawn down a amount of troops. I mean, that much is true. They've well, gone... wasn't the group that they sent back already scheduled to go home? So they just took the the next one leaving and labeled them as, oh, yeah. you're, you guys are returning home. Congrats! <laughs> well, right. Remember the story job we, well done. Remember the story we read about the uh, the guys that were blockading the troops leaving from Fort uh, whatever the heck it was, Fort Hood, I think it was, out in uh, in Texas. Yeah, the peace activists. Well, they said that those uh, those vans or those uh, buses that were going out had troops that were going to Iraq. Indeed. So, I mean, it's a bunch of nonsense. All they are are a bunch of liars, these government people. And the question really, uh, really want to know is that, uh, that I'd like to know is how many people believe this crap? How many people hear that uh, J- Barack Obama making this announcement that uh, this is it? Yeah, we're, we're, we're ending combat. It's over, people. I mean, who believes this? The people still watching and believing the mainstream media. And that's it. Um, this article from the AP, uh, you know, takes it from a different angle. They're not talking about troops. They're talking about the waste that went on while, you know, d- during the peace, if you will. Sure, sure. I just wanted to kind of preface it with what's the this is the big news of the day, right? That the, the combat is over. Well, now they're advice and assist troops. 
They're no longer combat troops. They're advice and assist. And that's according to the Army Times. They did the uh, they did, they wrote up an article about it. So my prediction, I would guess, I mean, having not really heard much talk radio on this, is that the Democrats are probably uh, elated because they probably believe that he's he's fulfilling his promise a little later than we had hoped, but he's fulfilling his promise. <laughs> or the Republicans would be saying, "This is an outrage. We need more troops. We need more killing." When of course that's what hap- what's happening, and he hasn't uh, fulfilled his promise at all. It's just a bunch of nonsense. So what else is going on? What are they leaving behind if they were actually leaving, which they're not? A forty million dollar prison sits in the desert north of Baghdad, empty. A six a hundred and sixty five million dollar children's hospital goes unused in the south. A hundred million dollar wastewater treatment system in Fallujah has cost three times more than projected, yet sewage still runs through the streets. As the U.S. draws down on Iraq, it's leaving behind hundreds of abandoned or incomplete projects. More than $5 billion in American taxpayer funds has been wasted. More than 10% of these some $50 billion the U.S. has spent on reconstruction in Iraq. According to audits from a U.S. watchdog agency, that amount is likely an underestimate based on the analysis of more than 300 reports by auditors with the Special Investigators uh, Investigator General for Iraq Reconstruction. And it does not take into account security costs, which have run almost 17% for some projects. There are success stories, hundreds of uh, police stations. That's a success story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, this is mission accomplished, right? I mean, the, these, uh, all of these projects were built by uh, American contractors and big corporations who are in bed with the government yes. who uh, build all of this to, to taxpayers. So this creates jobs. These people just must be against uh, rebuilding America. <laughs> right. Likely mostly American jobs, I would suspect. Um, you know, they, they pay them to go over there, at, you know, pay them what, t- 10 times what they would oh, need yeah. here um, to go over there and, and build these things that, uh, that that apparently are going to go unused. Um, the, the, their success stories include police stations, border forts, and governmental buildings, all of which the United States blew up on its way in, right. um, so we had to rebuild them. Iraqi security forces have improved after years of training and a deep water port at the southern oil hub of um, Kassar has been restored. Even completed projects, for the most part, fell sh- far short of original goals, according to an Associated Press review of hundreds of audits and investigations and visits to several sites. And the verdict is still out on whether the program reached its goal of generating Iraqi goodwill towards the United States <laughs> instead of the insurgents. Okay, l- l- let me stop right there. So these people... Under Saddam, granted, he wasn't the greatest leader or whatever. It's terrible. He did yeah. he did some horrible things. He tortured sure. some people. He was a, some people an oppressive he was dictator because they weren't getting tortured or, or t- uh, treated terribly by him. And most of these people had running water. They had sewers that worked. They had electricity. It's true. I a remember, lot of that was broken when the, yeah. the bombs fell. And, yeah, and, and it's and, still broken. Yeah, I remember a friend of mine or reading a story a few years ago talking about how the Iraqis now don't have these basic services. Services. Yep. If they're lucky, they might get four or five hours of electricity a day. If they're lucky, the yeah. hospitals are included in that, so mm-hmm. they're not even having basic electricity to care for patients. I mean, it's outrageous to think what America has done and in any way call it a success. I, I, it's insulting. You'd think after six years they'd be able to get you know clean running water and electricity going. This is the military we're talking about. <laughs> well, it's not their job to well, put, up, I, put up these things. Well, the, yeah, the contractors. They, no, are they've got to. it going. 
mean, in the green zone, there's lights on 24 hours a day, and they have swimming pools and, and latrines that work, and everything's the great there. Right. Yeah, <laughs> where the where the occupiers are, are you know holding up. Everything works there. It's just the rest of the people that they've decimated. Well, <laughs> interestingly, in Afghanistan, where they have their little forts and bases, these outlying bases and stuff, they have electricity and air conditioning and running water there too. Yeah, nice. They just the mm-hmm. the I think the ga- the the gasoline costs a hundred dollars a gallon that runs the generators that uh, that put air conditioning into the tents. In Those the Afghan are well summer. insulated in a hundred and thirty degree heat. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now, who gets that in their tent? Is it just the, <laughs> the officers or everybody? According to the story Got I read, AC everybody. to go round. Jeez. <laughs> it's crazy talk. Okay. Hey, it's not their money. <laughs> right. That's, it's, it's, it's the, yours. Right. It's the United States uh, citizens' money. There are no such things as citizens. Whatever. US, there are victims. Well, it, it, <laughs> a lot of these people like that crap. They love the idea Great. that we're, we, the United States Send them on football a, team, is going over there and kicking the butts of all the other little tiny yeah. high school football teams around the world. So um, what was the report that just came out um, on the death toll? I think it calculated up half a million children, half a million innocent civilians that have been killed so far. In the Iraq war, or the Afghan war? I, I, I don't know if it was both, or I think it was just Iraq. You're going to have to pull that up. I, uh, I, There's I, the Iraq body count. I'll pull that up as you continue. I think Scott Horton covered this earlier this week. Colonel John Christensen, who uh, took over as commander of the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Gulf Region District this summer, said the federal agency has completed more than 4,800 projects and is rushing to finish 233 more. Some 595 projects have been terminated, mostly for security reasons. We'll tell you about uh, a little bit more about this here in moments at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. Yay! End of combat! It's over! Right. You've got the world's greatest Labor Day barbecue set to go. And then you run out of gas. Dad! Don't risk running empty. Change cylinders quick and easy with Amerigas. Visit Amerigas.com slash radio and enter your zip code to find one of 27,000 locations near you. And while you're there, print out the $5 rebate coupon. That'll buy another steak. Keep the grill fired up. Visit Amerigas.com slash radio. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free so enjoy those on us and those features include live streams so you can listen in and you can listen in around the clock by the way the live streams run 24 7 allowing you to listen to the latest episode of free talk live until the next episode comes out and then you can listen to that one uh, go to listen.freetalklive.com you get the broadband and dial-up versions plus our listen lines that allow you to call in via any phone that can dial long distance and listen in that way too uh, plus also the webcam go get all the details get listening over at listen.freetalklive.com uh, joining you tonight it is ian and sam and mark uh, we're talking about the iraq situation where they're claiming it's over combat's done we're out of here but that's nonsense uh because they're not out of there uh and combat is not done because these men will still have guns uh the the troops that are going to be there will still be killing people it's just they'll call it advising and assisting now 
That's all they're doing. They're changing the name. And we're now, uh, information's now coming out, as Mark is sharing here. And what's the source on this, uh, this piece, Mark? AP. Uh, the AP reporting that literally b- billions of dollars worth of uh, these buildings and hundreds infrastructure. Of hundreds billions of billions of dollars. Of dollars worth they of. They couldn't quite reach the trillion mark, but they're hundreds of billions. Well, so, where, where they're mean, supposedly. Incredible, incredible amounts of dollars just where, wasted. Right, where, they, where they're supposedly going in and being so humane to rebuild. We're rebuilding building Iraq and we're going to give them schools and we're going to give them prisons and we're going to give them all these things that we destroyed before and uh, apparently they're just kind of abandoning a good portion of them and not even bothering well, with it. Well, it's right. It, it you know, in, in a lot of cases it's like, well, this project doesn't make any sense. We started building this 100 million dollar prison. Eh, it doesn't really make any sense. Uh we haven't been able to get we we put at this uh, almost 100 million dollar 100 billion dollar uh, uh or excuse me, 100 million dollar uh, sewage treatment plant in place and eh, Somehow we just can't get the sewage going through it. It's still running in the streets, and they put, they they spend an, an incredible amount of uh, money on their electrical grid, and they still have rolling blackouts all over the place. They just can't get it done. So tell me more. Well, the um, the the fellow who's in charge of the Army Corps of Engineers acknowledges that their mistakes have been made. Oh, the made. same guys who, by the way, uh, completely bombed uh, when it came to the Hurricane Katrina aftermath. It was their shoddy uh, job that they did on the the levees down there. Yeah, that is it. Levees? Did I get that wrong? Levees. It's levees. Okay. Levees is fine. The, the shoddy job they did. Well, one of them is not fine. Anyway, they did a really crappy job, and that resulted in flooding and all kinds of destruction. These are the same guys that are uh, doing the building. Building and uh, the engineering over well, there. I think. That, I think that make uh, me feel great if I were Iraqi. Right. I'm sure nice that these safe. guys are, are able to do competent work, and that's not it. You're it's, sure? Are you? It's, it's what evidence do you have the, for that? Uh, the, I'm, there's plenty of things the Army Corps of Engineers have built that have not fallen down. But it's an issue of uh, incenti- incentives and an issue of funding. So yeah, I agree. Even with Mark. if the Army Corps of Engineers could build something at a market rate. That would be just as good, at, and, and they would be, you know, just as good as anything else. Meaning that they, uh, somehow or another, the the fact that they're not accountable for the work they do. Nobody from the Army Corps of Engineers went to jail, was sued, or anything else when the the levees burst in right. uh, the Hurricane Katrina, Katrina catastrophe in New Orleans. Now, you can believe if a private contractor did that, they mm. would have strung somebody up and several somebodies, but they wouldn't do that in this case. So um, somehow you get past the lack of incentives to do good work and if they did do it exactly the right way, it would still be an issue of funding because they – the United States citizen is forced to pay for these things. And we read stories about uh, the um, SUVs that they would drive around in would get a broken fan belt, so they'd bury it in the sand and order a new one at several hundred thousand dollars, you know, taxpayer uh, f- uh, finance. Sweet. That's how it works with the military. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just, it, it, people haven't the foggiest clue. Unless they've been in it. How much money goes into these. Right. And the military guys, you know what? Free Talk Live <laughs> has a huge uh, following of, of people that are former military because they know just mm-hmm. how silly all this crap is except for the whole killing part what's that that's not very silly that's not silly right. but uh you know the 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 money that goes into it all oh, is yeah. just an, an incredibly silly thing so um when you're talking about the killing people what the part of the the part that the raw the the go uh, team usa folks don't look at is how many men women and children have died in iraq because 
the hospitals didn't have electricity in order to save them. It's a good question. We do Since know that 2002 over, or whatever. over 100,000 people, according to the Iraq body count, have uh, died. They're documented uh, civilian deaths. And there's another estimate that uh, suggested over 1.3 million uh, civilians have died as a result of various different uh, aspects of this, this war in Iraq alone. Afghanistan's a whole other set of numbers. Yeah, in Afghanistan, uh, what was it? Three thousand civilians have died up so to far this the, so year. far this year. And remember that the State Department estimates estimates that there are dozens, just dozens, just dozens of Al Qaeda members in Afghanistan. And these, you know, that's entirely whatever they consider Al Qaeda because that's a made up term that nobody says. I'm an Al Qaeda brother. No, they mm-hmm. don't say that because Al Qaeda is a CIA term. Um, and there are uh, hundreds, if well, somewhere between a thousand and fifteen hundred to fifteen hundred being the max. Let's go to two thousand. Just be crazy. Taliban, Taliban, not Al Qaeda. This is entirely different thing. These are this is the guys that used to rule the country when right. These are uh, you know, Muslim sort of uh, fundamentalist types. That uh, I mean, I wouldn't want them in control of my government. That's for sure. But there are only two thousand of them, and somehow we've. The United States government has killed 3,500 civilians going after 3,300 people that they still ha- can't catch. That's they, this year. Right. That's this year. And those are the ones that they, they, they'll, they're willing to admit to. You know, they went into that boys' school. They shot up a bunch of kids, called them Al-Qaeda, and left. So tell me more. All right. Uh, going on with uh, this story here. I, you know, I'm getting off topic when I'm talking about this, the senseless killing. He said, um, Christensen, there's only so much that we can do. This is the, oh, is this the Army, Corps of Engineers? Army Corps of Engineers guy. There's only so much that we can do. All of it comes down to them, the Iraqis, taking ownership of what we've built. What? He says, well, they've, they've complained that they're not consulted on the projects uh, to start with, the Iraqi people. So they need to take ownership. of. It's their fault. It's the Iraqis' fault that these places have been built and no one's staffing them or whatever. The reconstruction program in Iraq has been troubled since its birth shortly after the U.S.-led invasion. 2003, the U.S., they can't figure anything out to fix this in seven years, was forced to scale back many projects even as they spiked in costs, sometimes in more than double or triple initial projections. We reported no, on that. As no, no, wait a, wait a minute. You mean the crack team of engineers at the Army Corps of Engineers can't even keep their costs under control like every other government bureaucracy? Whenever a government bureaucracy pro- uh, proposes to do something, new construction or new plan or whatever, it always, always ends up costing at least double, if not triple, what the original estimates were. Yeah. Put your hand on a wa- your wallet when they make a proje- projection. And, uh, you know, Puke has talked about when he was over there guarding some of the buildings and stuff, they, the construction crew would leave. They, they would leave it unguarded for one night, and the, the locals would come in, strip out all the copper. <laughs> so they wouldn't. Well, they get did very say there far. was seventeen percent of uh, these costs were security costs. Yeah. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Oh, we've doubled our budget. We're just going to have to leave this where we can't complete the project. More coming up. Take control of the airwaves. This is free talk. 
MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zempax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freekeen, or excuse me, freetalklive.com. I got freekeen on the brain. Uh, anyway, freetalklive.com, a lot of features you will find, and you will find that they are free, including... The bulletin board system. Over 500,000 posts await you. You can talk about a lot of different stuff. It's all uh, virtually unmoderated, and it's over at bbs.freetalklive.com. Antiwar.com is your source for anti-war news and views for 15 years. as having its quarterly pledge drive. You can strike a blow against the empire and give to antiwar.com. Just go to antiwar.com slash donate. They've got a telephone number there right when you go to the page that uh, can allow you to donate between, I guess, 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. on East Pacific Standard Time. It's antiwar.com slash donate. So uh, kind of on the topic of this whole war against brown people thing that uh, has been going on for the last decade or so is the ignorance of people that just swirls around all of this. Uh, the ignorance of people toward the Muslims. And we heard some of it on Saturday night uh, where we were talking about the whole mosque thing and, of course, supporting the property rights of those folks that uh, that want to build that mosque. Right. It isn't about property rights then. And then, uh, of course, the, uh, you know, the, the, hate, uh, the hatred just spilled all over uh, our phone lines at that time. And, you know... I love The Onion. The Onion newspaper, which is not really so much a newspaper anymore unless you live in like Washington, D.C. or New York City where they actually have Onion newsstands that you can go to, or the little uh, boxes, boxes that you yeah. free boxes that you can go and open up and grab one out of, which I love. Uh, I thought that was the coolest thing when I, when I was in those cities. And uh, it's a, if you've never been, it's TheOnion.com, and it's a s- satirical website. I just want to make sure I preface, uh, you know, all of this. It's the, the news it's you joke, read people. at the Onion is probably not true. Sometimes it's actually based on real news. Sometimes they'll they'll riff on the real news yeah. with their own viewpoint. Some of some of it's, uh, you know, is is so ludicrous that you'll actually believe it because, right. Know, most of the most of the jokes, uh, the, you know, the real life is actually crazier. I got suckered a couple times really? reading their articles. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no, this can't be. And then I see the, the, where it's from. I'm like, ah. Oh. We'll yeah. Again. So it's a great website, and they've really expanded a lot over the last decade, moving into – they've got the Onion Video uh, news that they do now, which is a, a great spoof of, yeah. of all the mainstream media video uh, news products out there. And uh, they've got, the, of course, the Onion Radio news, which we run over at LRN.FM. When, you, when we finish doing Free Talk Live every night, it's the first thing you hear uh, to kick off the LRN recorded loop, and that's always, that's always amusing. So I highly recommend their stuff. I was so upset, though, just as an aside recently. I was thinking that, you know, I don't go to The Onion often enough. I don't, I don't read The Onion regularly uh, like I used to years ago. Just, you know, I'm busy doing other things, and it's just not one of – it's not a part of my routine, right? And uh, so I was thinking, all right, 
well, it's time for me. To, I'm going to go ahead and resubscribe because way like a, a decade ago, I was a subscriber to the, the the newsprint version of The Onion. And back then it was you know, 50 bucks for a year. You got like 46 issues. Now they've they actually do 52 issues now. And uh, for up for the last decade, it, it actually went down in price after the year that I was uh, subscribing. Actually, I think I subscribed for a couple of years, but it went down in price to thirty nine ninety nine. And then it's one hundred and fifty dollars out of nowhere. It costs a lot of money to make to make newsprint viable, man. I I guess they've got advertising advertisements in there. I mean, for one hundred fifty dollars, I better be getting a, a newspaper that doesn't have one single ad in it. I mean, that's so expensive. And it went up from forty dollars. It was forty dollars all throughout the uh, you know the the decade, and then all of a sudden this year. It goes up to 150 bucks. I, I email them and they haven't. They're just asking why. Like, you know, maybe I'd be willing to pay that much for to, to be able to have it in front of me, so I don't forget about it. That way, I'll have a physical copy lying around that I can pick up and things like that. Um, but man, just give me an explanation as to what the heck is going on. How could your cost triple? I Postage would, hasn't gone up that much. I would imagine they put some kind of new staff or department in place to run the operation, and they. Were able to, I don't know, maybe add features or something like that to where they figured that they could justify that kind of cost. Maybe they're being smart, um, unlike most of the newspapers out there, and actually looking at what it costs to send out dead tree copies of their stuff, as opposed and charging to charging the dead tree people what the dead tree cost is to make mm-hmm. up for what they can't get in ads. You because think they were advertising it? has tanked in the last three years mm-hmm. on, the, on the national level. It's it's returning, but it's returning slowly. And the the mm. model, the paradigm of uh, you know, dead tree newspapers is changing. I yeah, mean, they're, they're dying all over the country. But the free weeklies aren't dying. They're doing well. They're doing right. fairly is well. Is Onion a free weekly? It's essentially free. I mean, if you're in uh, New York City or Washington, okay. D.C., they are free. And yep. Maybe they got some venture capital money that ran out. I mean, these guys put yeah. on a pretty professional operation. Sure, sure. And then there's some a lot of people behind it. I so. was just so upset by that. Anyway, yeah. I love, uh, still love their product. So here's something that uh, I saw somebody posted on Facebook today. Man already knows everything he needs to know about Muslims. <laughs> Selena, Kansas. Local man Scott Gentrys told reporters Wednesday that his deliberately limited grasp of Islamic history and culture was still more than sufficient to shape his views of the entire Muslim world. Gentrys, 48, said he had absolutely no interest in exposing himself to further knowledge of Islamic civilization or putting his sweeping opinions into a broader context of any kind, and confirmed he was perfectly happy to make a handful of emotionally charged words uh, and the basis of his mistrust toward all members of the world's second largest religion. I learned that uh, that really all that really matters about the Muslim faith on 9-11, Gentry said in reference to the terrorist attacks on the United States undertaken by 19 of Islam's approximately 1.6 billion practitioners. What more do I need to know to stigmatize Muslims everywhere as inherently violent radicals? And now they want to build a mosque at Ground Zero, continued Gentries, eliminating any distinction between the 9-11 hi- hijackers and Muslims in general. No, I- <laughs> no, I won't examine the accuracy of that statement, but yes, I will allow myself to be outraged by it and use it as evidence of these people's universal <laughs> callousness toward Americans who lost loved ones when the Twin Towers fell, even though I am not one of those people, he added. Well, just about everybody can come up with somebody that they, you know, somehow peripherally know um, that, uh, you know, was, uh, you know, 
it's 3,000 people mm-hmm. somewhere. Six degrees. You know, so. somewhere or another, you're going to be able to, hey, look, my, uh, you know, my friend's daughter's uh, ex-boyfriend's girlfriend was there in this one, Twin Towers. When told the proposed Ground Zero mosque is actually a community center two blocks north of the site that would include, in addition to a public prayer space, a 500-seat auditorium, restaurant, and athletic facilities, Gentry shook his head and said, I know all I'm going to let myself know. Gentry's explained that it didn't take long to find out as much about the tenets of Islam as he needed to. He said he knew Muslims stoned their women for committing adultery, trained for terrorist attacks at fundamentalist madrasas, and believed in jihad, which Gentry's described as the thing they used to justify killing infidels. Now, a madrasa, that's a word for school, right? I am not sure. You can check that one for me. I think so. Uh, all Muslims are at war with America, and I will resist any attempt to challenge that assertion with potentially illuminating facts, said Gentries, who threatened to leave the room if presented with the number of Muslims who live peacefully in the United States, serve in the country's armed forces, or were victims themselves of the 9-11 attacks. Sure don't want to mention the armed forces, because they'll whip out that, um, that Muslim major fella. Period, he said. If you don't believe me, wait until they put your wife in a burqa. Gentry's continued in reference to the face and body covering worn by a small minority of Muslim women and banned in the universities of Turkey, Tunisia, and Syria. Or worse, a rape camp. That's right. For reasons I am content being totally unable to articulate, (laughs) I am choosing to associate Muslims with rape camps. Over the past decade, Gentry said he had taken plans to avoid personal interactions or media that might have the potential to compromise his point of view. He told reporters that the closest he'd come to confronting a contrary standpoint was tuning in to the first few seconds of an interview with a moderate Muslim cleric before hastily turning off the television. Gentry said, I almost gave in and listened to that guy defend Islam with words I didn't want to hear, but then I remembered how much easier it is to live in a world of black and white in which I can assign the label of other to someone and use him as a vessel for all my fears and insecurities. Added Gentry's quote, that really put things back into perspective. Can't get better than that. TheOnion.com. 800-259-9231. I'd say that about sums them up. Them. 1-800-259-9231. Who are they? I know all about I need to know about them, folks. 1-800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. Uh, More to come, including your calls about anything. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever you want. Dial in. Toll free. 800-259-9231. And we're brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. If you want to support the show, shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. You enter through that link. Free Talk Live gets a portion of Amazon's profits. You know Amazon. They're the world's largest internet retailer selling all kinds of stuff. Pretty much whatever it is you're looking for, you'll find it there. Uh, Go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com and get your shopping done. Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Sitting at the top headlines at FreedomsPhoenix.com. National Police Misconduct News Feed Daily Recap. 
Farmwars public service announcement. Do you have milk? Farmwar? Farm Wars. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. I'm just reading the headlines here. You know? Sorry, I misheard. misheard. There was an old uh, grocery store. There was, or uh, I guess, Farm discount. Moore? Yeah, pharmacy place. Yeah. It was named that. Anyway, go ahead. Activists travel the world by ship to spread the message of statelessness. That's uh, freedomsphoenix.com, where they constantly provide the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship that we all have with coercive gu- government. Go to freedomsphoenix.com. All right. Uh, Toll-free number again, 800-259-9231. Mark, you had an email you wanted to share. We talk a lot on this program uh, fairly often about the Fully Informed Jury Association at FIJA.org, F-I-J-A.org. It's, in my opinion, a very useful uh, site that is packed full of information that will help you reach out to potential jurors to inform them of jury nullification. And Sam, what is jury nullification? Jury nullification is uh, basically informing the jury that they're there to do two things. Number one, judge the guilt or innocence of the person based on the, the laws and the case and so forth as they're told they apply, but also to actually judge the law itself in the context of their community and their lives and what they think is right or wrong. And really, juries were kind of the fourth branch of government. That's why, you know, criminal charges have to be presented to a grand jury, which is just a group of citizens. Uh, And it was really thought of as a way to prevent the government from bringing false charges against people, from abusing the system. Uh, It was a final check. Yeah, a final check that kept it out of their hands and in the public hands so that even public officials could be brought up on criminal charges. So the idea is to allow people to nullify the law based on their conscience. And so uh, so it's one of the things that we've done up here and activists are doing around the country because it's it's a really easy form of activism. It doesn't take a huge time investment to do FIJA outreach. The best way to do it, in my opinion, uh, and I'd love to hear other ideas, is to find out when the jurors are meeting in your local area, which should be publicly available information. Find out when the uh, they're, they're having the day in which everybody who's been called for duty, not those who've been selected, but everyone who's been called for jury duty are showing up. You head out, you flyer every single one of those folks as they're going into the building with fully informed jury association information, and you inform these people. You give them the information they need because when they're sitting in there, jury selection is notoriously dull. You, If you've been before, you know that you typically want to bring a book or something like that to read. So having something to hand to somebody so they've got something to read in there is is a very good idea. It's very it, it's highly likely that they will actually read whatever it is that uh, that you're giving out, presuming you're friendly about giving the information. Out, etc. So we do it on a monthly basis uh, up here in uh, Keene, New Hampshire, in the Keene, New Hampshire area. And Mark, you've got an email from someone who says uh, this is a bad thing. Yeah, you know we've we've actually talked about the uh, the dirty side of jury nullification a couple of a couple of times on this show throughout the years, and it's. I, you know, the, this email is going to going to point it out. And I think it's um, I think it's important to talk about. But, you know, often we talk about jury nullification as being a great way to, uh, you know, reach. Uh, you know, for, It's a powerful way for the average person to have an effect, at least in one individual's life who's being charged with some crime that not a victim. But anyway, let me uh, give you what Doug has to say here. Mark, I've been a Free Talk Live podcast listener for about two years now. I agree with you and Ian on many issues, but sometimes I feel that you guys, especially Ian, are blissfully ignorant of historical facts. Look at jury nullification, for example. There's a stigma attached to jury nullification. Did you know that? Did you know that jury nullification has a sinister, dark side? 
ask any African American over the age of 40 and he or she can tell you about it. And I don't know that uh, you can ask any of them over <laughs> over the age of 40, but I'm sure some of them will be able to tell you about it. And since I am one African American over 40, let me save you the trouble of asking. After the <laughs> okay. Don't After think the, for yourself or seek answers outside of what I tell you. He quotes, he gives uh, citations and quotes. This okay. guy's exactly right. And we've talked about this on the show a couple of times. And um, what my concern isn't what the sinister dark side, because it's, it's true. And um, it maybe it's something that can be avoided. My concern is, is that maybe what we're saying sounds to black people like, hey, we don't really care about this part. And I, so I want you to mm. listen to the story. So I mean, maybe it sounds callous. That's what mm. my biggest concern here is, is that maybe we sound like, uh, you know, we don't, we don't care what your concerns are here and that it's, uh, you know, a special kind of callousness. So he goes on. After the abolition of slavery, the government needed new ways to keep the black population in check. To do this, they instituted laws that were designed to demoralize, frighten, divide, and terrorize black people. Some of these laws were never even written down, but somehow passed through the seats of power. One such law was there would be little or no punishment for mistreatment or murder of former slaves. Whites had the freedom to torture and kill any black for almost any reason. If the murders were caught, uh, murderers were caught red-handed, pun intended, no jury would convict them. There are many cases on record, if you uh, care to look them up. One in particular, uh, particularly gruesome case comes to mind, the case of Emmett Till. Emmett Till was a 14-year-old black kid from Chicago in 1955. Uh, he was horrendously mutilated and lynched in Mississippi. I pulled up the uh, the Emmett Till case here just so that uh, we'd have it as some perspective. Would you like to hear what happened, Emmett? Go ahead. Okay. So, um Apparently, he was uh, an African-American boy from Chicago, Illinois, who was murdered at the age of 14 in Money, Mississippi, a small town in the state's Delta region, after reportedly whistling at a white woman. There's uh, different stories that conflict. Um, he may have touched her hand. He may have told her that uh, um, he, he, she didn't need, needn't be frightened with him. He's been with other white women. Something like that. At a small grocery store. That was a, a woman named Bryant. Her husband... Um, he had, they had bought some candy there, the 14-year-old's had. Um, apparently, Bryant uh, was the wife of the store owner, Roy Bryant. The murder of Emmett Till was noted as one of the leading events that motivated the American Civil Rights Movement. Many of the, the main suspects, uh, Bryant and another guy, uh, Millam, were acquitted by, 12 jury, uh, by a jury of 12 white men, but later admitted they were responsible for the beating, torture, murder of uh, 14-year-old Emmett Till to make an example out of him. So um, let's just to say the condition that he was found in. His mother insisted on a public funeral service with an open casket, intent on showing the world the brutality of the killing. Till had been beaten, an eye gorged out, before he was shot through the head mm. and thrown into the Tallahatchie River with a 70-pound cotton gin fan tied around his neck with barbed wire. His body was discovered and retrieved from the river three days later. So um, this it's just sort of the system that is was designed at the time to kind of keep blacks in check. Uh, whites could do whatever they wanted to do, essentially, and they knew that their peers wouldn't convict them. Do you understand the uh, yeah? And this the was 1955. That's when that happened. 
I thought the uh, jury nullification instructions had been taken out for the last hundred so or so years from the court system. No, jury nullification mm-hmm. uh, instructions. Uh, were, jury nullification was what did in prohibition. Prohibition ended in mm-hmm. the 30s. So no, uh, and and remember, it's still actually getting in some courtrooms. The the jurors are getting jury nullification information. Mm-hmm. It's not been wiped completely off of the face of the map in the United States. I guess what I heard was it nearly was, it had begun to be removed in the late 1800s. Right. It's it's not. Uh, it's not yet entirely removed, but it's you know it's it's very very close to that. Okay, so the emailer is essentially saying that uh, that jury nullification empowers racists to uh, well, it can, to essentially it can empower exonerate any um, majority group say, uh, people that dislike, uh, you know, drug warriors, if they're in fact in the majority, and they're, they're not these days. And that's what the hope of uh, jury nullification advocates is, is to exploit the majority of Americans, or the, or the large minority of Americans who disagree with the drug war, empower them and get the, the drug war stopped through jury nullification. However, I think that it's a disservice if you, when you mention jury nullification, at least sometimes you have to mention how it's been used badly in history, because if people don't get the information from you they feel slighted they feel uh cheated i mean you don't don't you remember us talking about this particular aspect of jury nullification sure. at some point in the past yeah okay. we've talked about that, it. that people need to uh otherwise they feel like oh well, these people are lying to us and what's the the first thing that they say about libertarians before they address any issues of liberty before they address any issues of personal freedom or anything like that they say well you guys are bigots well i don't know who they are but i no, I've never really heard that. And when much. Ma- the mainstream mm-hmm. media a- a- approaches oh. somebody who's uh, you know mm. some got some level of power in uh, the, the the liberty movement, the first thing they want to find out is is this person a bigot? Can we find anything that might paint them as a bigot? And they'll drag it out, whether it's a 15-year-old newspaper, a mm-hmm. uh, 15-year-old magazine article that was peripherally, uh, you know, they were named in or something like that. Yep, they'll do it. All right. Uh, well, I would like to get a little further into this as far as, I mean, is the suggestion here that we should not talk about it at all or that uh, we're not done with this email, right? I no. mean, there's more coming up. Hour number two is on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation twice. And the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com four out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll-free, 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site there for free, uh, so enjoy those on us. And one of the ways you can help support the show is by going to promote.freetalklive.com. Get a list of things you can do to get Free Talk Live on more radio stations into more ears around the world. Uh, head over to promote.freetalklive.com. As we continue here, Mark, you're sharing with us an email. For those of you just tuning in, uh, you're sharing with us an email about fully informed jury association outreach. The idea of letting jurors know that they have the, the, the power, they have the ability uh, to be able to... 
uh, to be able to reject the law itself when they're looking at a case, when they're sitting on a jury and the judge gives them the instructions to say, okay, you've got to judge this case by the law, whether this person has broken the law or not based on the preponderance of the evidence or blah, 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 blah. They don't tell the jury that you can actually say not guilty, come back with a not guilty verdict if you think the law is crap. That's basically what jury nullification is about. The idea of encouraging these jurors to, A, come to this understanding, and B, use this knowledge to actually nullify bad laws, what they consider to be bad laws. And I think the hope is that most people won't be bigoted uh, racists who will use this to somehow punish uh, another person. Like, for instance, you're giving an example of how in 1955 a young man was brutally murdered. Uh, black, a young black boy, I guess, was or teenager, was uh, was br- brutally murdered. And, uh, you know, obviously, it's whether it was brutal or not, it's it's not right for that to happen. And apparently the juries back then were using nullification to essentially let the murderers off the hook. And clearly, that's not the intention behind doing jury nullification outreach. Um, the well, intention is to help save the 1.5 million Americans who are being uh, molested each year by the war on drugs and other nonsensical laws. Uh, that you know, the 1.5 million is just for the war on drugs arrests, and then there are there are all the other awful laws that are that are hurting people around the country. It's the intention to uh, to attempt to nullify those cases. I think that the yeah, likely that's true. The true for the vast majority of people who are doing uh, you know the jury nullification outreach. I suspect it's it's probably true for every last one of them. But it doesn't change the fact that what uh, Doug here is talking about is accurate, mm-hmm. historically accurate, and likely a, a concern to a certain number of black people. Like when you talk about jury nullification and they know what it is, then. It's likely that the the first thing that pops up in their mind is, mm. well, the way that it was used for a century, essentially, to uh, you know make it so that basically black people couldn't get justice. Anything li- well, lo- looked like justice. I, I think that's really misplacing the blame, but I kind of want to hear the rest of his letter before I... Do t- I, uh... I do, too. And I think that uh, the idea that... <laughs> Even if these people who were making these decisions, these uh, decisions to exonerate murderers, the the jurors making those decisions, even if they didn't know about jury nullification, I think what's most what's most relevant is that they are racists and that if they wanted to see this person not be found guilty, they would just come back and say, I don't think that crime was proven. That's all they'd have to say. Right. Uh, Not guilty. Why? Well, I don't think the state proved its case. Well, we've got evidence here that he was, uh, you know, red, caught red-handed in murdering these. I'm sorry, I don't think the state proved its case. It doesn't matter if they know what jury nullification is, right? If if you've got a jury full of racists, they're going to come back with a not uh, not guilty verdict. Anyway, okay. I want to hear the rest of the email. Okay, so uh, Doug continues. The Till case is a prime example of jury nullification terrorism. A practice that was the norm until just a few short years ago. There are many. Many other cases and horror stories. Uh, please see the link that I've attached. It shows some of the silly reasons why blacks could be lynched, and it it does. And I I think that I I read through it all, but I, I you know rather than uh, go through everything, I I just want to point out essentially why was uh, why was this kind of violence used systematically to keep blacks down? And I, it's just four quick points. So one to eradicate specific persons accused of crimes against the white community. 
It was used as a mechanism of state-sanctioned terrorism designed to maintain a degree of leverage over the African-American population, a very effective degree, <laughs> degree of leverage. Um, and three, to eliminate or neutralize competitors for social, economic, or political rewards and as a symbolic manifestation of the unity of white supremacy. And I think it's, I think it's smart for white people to hear these, these points because they just don't internalize them, um, you know, very much. They, they don't. They don't study black history, don't know much about black history, and don't get into it. So um, anyway, let me let me go on with uh, with Doug's email here. Jury nullification has seen uh, as seen today as an embarrassing stain on our nation's history. But it seems that the good people over at Fiji. Well, wait a minute. What about the people that used it to uh, to essentially let the people that were were helping the slaves out back in the eighteen hundreds to get off? I mean, why why ignore that? I think that um, I, I think that likely Doug sees a specific as, as, aspect here. Mm-hmm. To me, um, and he doesn't call for uh, us not to discuss it, not, not to you know call for uh, Fiji activism. He doesn't ask for that in his email, but I, I think he's pointing out an aspect. To me, Fiji activism is a tool. The the abilities of juries is a tool, just like a handgun. A handgun can use to be picked up to be used to defend a family, or can be picked up and used to rob a bank, or to murder somebody, or you know, force you know terrible things. So it's a tool, and in the past, it has been used poorly, and it has been used well. Okay, and so I think that the way to overcome most of what. Doug has a problem with, and I think that he's, he's accurate, he's historically accurate, uh, is to mention it. Mention most of the time, half of the time, some of the time that you talk about Fiji activism, just sort of quickly, in passing, that, you know, this has Oh, by the way, been, you can use this for evil? Yeah, th- this has <laughs> been used in the past. Historically, it's, it's not a perfect thing, right? Uh-huh. Like, uh, you know, when, if you just present one... Why well, put side, the idea in people's heads? If you put, if you, uh, if you mention the... Uh, if you just gloss over it, then the people that know about it are going to, uh, you know, they're going to feel alienated. Okay, so I think it's I, the the points that he's bringing up. I absolutely agree with, and I think what he's pointing out is that the government so-called justice system is a failure. That juries are a really bad idea. That uh, having yeah, this juries not, government not a, not a great way to uh, to get justice. Yeah, in my twelve opinion. strangers who may know nothing about the issue at hand mostly want to go home. Makes as much sense as voting. You know, that's nonsense. So what he's pointing out is the ways that, you know, these are unintended consequences of the government system. And I don't see jury nullification as a tool so much as a harm reduction strategy. And what I'm advocating is that people use it to reduce the harm that's caused to me when uh, a nonviolent offender, so-called offender, uh, goes to jail and the the city or the county tries to extract money from me in order to keep him in in a cage for years uh the harm reduction that's caused you know from the impacts of that person being pulled out of his life of his family what if he has kids what are they going to do are they going to be better off without their dad around a to, system uh, that by the way them? disproportionately affects uh blacks and hispanics oh yeah and uh, jury nullification, just the idea of it, can uh, t- can can fortify people who will wouldn't otherwise take their case to court to take it to court, and then at the very least have uh, twelve you know people, the, their peers supposedly, uh, judge the case. Because the far worse than jury nullification in American history for blacks and Hispanics and 
honestly, anybody who deals with the criminal justice system is the plea bargaining system. The plea bargaining system puts just about everybody who, you know, 90 something percent of people who go in front of uh, probably 99 plus point something percent of people who who get charged criminally do not take their cases to court Mm -hmm. and therefore get processed without ever being found guilty. So. Um, you know, th- this is this is a far worse phenomenon, and I think jury nullification can give somebody. Well, at the very least, I can go in front of the jury and tell them that th- that they don't have to judge. You know, me v- by, by the law, they can judge. You know, me by the the, the morality of my actions. Now, I was issued an order that said I cannot specifically mention that at all, but or the fact that I was anyway. disarmed in the uh, coming into the courtroom, but the police were sitting there with their weapon. But you, you should you should do it. They anyway. barred me from saying it. Won't they said get I would you, go to jail if I did? Won't you get contempt of court if you do it yep. anyway against judge's order? I, coming I, up here. I would love to see some judges tell me I'm in contempt yeah, of court for sure. using jury nullification. More coming up. You take control. Uh, more on this issue and your thoughts about anything. Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Hey, if you've missed a moment of the show, we've got them archived for you. Going all the way back to late 2006. All free. You can actually get the last week's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website. And then uh, if you click on the archive section, it'll take you back to, again, early, late 06. And it's all courtesy of HostGator because it's free for you. Thanks to them. Right, hostgator.freetalklive.com. They're a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, you can let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. They have templates and and build, uh, site builder tools there that are completely free that you can use to build these sites and if you use hostgator.freetalklive.com as a portal you'll get your first month completely free it's hostgator.freetalklive.com all right 800-259-9231 uh, again you can take control here we're still talking about though an email from a listener of ours who is concerned about the fully informed jury association outreach and i don't think we've quite gotten through the email yet have we mark Nearly. Okay. Um, I mean, you know, basically, there's another two sentences or something like that. So the, the Fully Informed Jury Association is uh, designed to alert Americans to their right as jurors to nullify a law by saying uh, – coming back with a not guilty verdict if they think the law itself that is alleged to have been violated is bad. doesn't matter if the person has been caught red-handed in uh, selling marijuana or something like that. If you think the war on drugs is stupid and you get on a jury, you can return a not guilty verdict based on your opinion about the law. And he's suggesting that this is dangerous because, well, there are racists out there and in the past, uh, jury nullification has been There are a lot more racists, I think, in the past. 
Well, that's one of the points I wanted to get to on this, but uh, the suggestion was that in the past, and it's true, that jury nullification was used to essentially exonerate racists for committing murder and other horrific acts against black people and, and other folks. And as I understand it, it has also been used to exonerate people who were, in fact, uh, you know, doing the Underground Railroad uh, you know, to get blacks uh, you know, free. They, so it both has exonerated the them, too. Yeah. Um, but let's continue his email, and I want to go off on that. Okay, so it seems like the good people over at Fiji have chosen to whitewash that particular part of our history. I'd hate to see the return of such a barbaric practice as jury nullification. Can we find no other way to strike down immoral and unjust laws? I don't expect you to read this email. No. <laughs> <laughs> you can't work through the system. I mean, it takes forever to get any change to uh, to happen that way. He said he didn't expect to read the email. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, he doesn't didn't expect us to uh, read the email, but at least discuss it with your co-host, radio audience. I, I bet most of them don't even know the dark side of jury nullification. And, Doug, now they do. Right. Um, and, and we I think have you've done a great this. job of educating them of it thank you for that and and we have mentioned that in the past it right. has been brought up we've mentioned it as well the and reason it, why it's just I don't so mention difficult it. for the average individual to do anything what you know here by themselves period right. by themselves i mean you know what can doug I, my question to you is what can you do to see liberty to, to somehow see the a step taken towards liberty in your lifetime uh you know by yourself without picking up and moving to the free state project or anything like that there just isn't much at some point you're likely to be called to, called to a jury likely it's possible quite possible that that, that trial will be somebody who's in for for drugs of some sort or another and you can say no and you can hang that jury. They can still retry after that, but that's still something. It's a it's a roadblock. It's something that one person can do that actually can uh, make a difference. So my question here is, because he's suggesting that, well, I think the suggestion is, well, if we're going to talk about this, we really need to fully inform and let everybody know about the, you know, the sordid history of uh, jury nullification. I don't even and, know. I, I, he wants he wants to he wants to impart the history of jury nullification. He doesn't feel heard on that in that area. And uh, because because we, we know, don't, he doesn't think we talk about it. Right. Enough, we right? know that information, and uh, you know he's listened for two years, and somehow he feels that we haven't uh, touched on it. And I think likely in the last two years we probably haven't touched on it. Much, I don't know I think about we've that. only talked about it like two or three times on this show. Period. Jury nullification? Are you kidding? We no, talk about I'm talking about the the oh, dark side of jury nullification. Gotcha. So um, the point I wanted to make on this is this: what I'm hearing in this this gentleman's suggestion is that well. We don't want this to come back, right? He said, well, can't you focus the very end of it? What, what else can you focus on besides jury nullification? He's basically suggesting let's tell people about other options to make change rather than this because of this fear that uh, there are all these racists out there that are just going to you know, glom onto this and use this as their, their way of, I guess – beginning to murder people in uh, racist hate rages and then somehow inform the juries uh, that I are think those days are gone in the United States. Well, that's what I want to know. I mean, it's, it sounds like he believes, and he's a black guy who's over 40, and so, I mean, I would I don't take think what, that he necessarily believes that. He says that basically he, he the only thing he's made a statement is, is that uh, jury nullification is a barbaric practice because it's associated with these 
really barbaric practices. He doesn't actually say that jury nullification would result in anything bad. I thought at the very end he suggests that this could result in an upsurgence of, uh, of people using this for that very, very same old purpose. I would hate to see purpose. the return of such a barbaric practice as jury nullification. It is barbaric because it was associated with stuff that was in fact barbaric. He and would hate to see the return of it. This is what I disagree with him on. He's calling jury nullification, which as far as I'm concerned is a tool, like a handgun. He's calling it barbaric because it was associated right. with a barbaric and crime. Lots of handguns s- have been used in barbaric crimes, so therefore handguns are barbaric, and that I is a jump in logic. And what he's saying is he would hate to see the return of this practice. Yes. The words he didn't say there was in, in, you know, in relation to what he was talking about earlier. He thinks it's barbaric in relation to the idea that somebody could go out and murder a black uh, person and then get off because of jury nullification. He doesn't want to see that return, which says to me that he believes that the racist climate in this country hasn't really changed much. And that's obviously something I, I want to disagree on, but I'm not black, and so I well, can't really speak to that. But here's, my, here's what I'd like to say, is that if if there, there really was this horrible racist climate out there, then why hasn't it come back? I mean, why hasn't you know the KKK started doing fully informed jury outreach in the the Deep South, where they've got uh, you know the, probably the most the, racist, the biggest podium they've ever had with a black president at this point? They can you know they they can really you know raise a ruckus. I think that there are overt racists out there. I think there are these kind of covert racists that don't even know they're sort of racist. They just kind of live in a, a racist society. Mm-hmm. Society and they don't entirely understand it. But I think that enough people at this point are educated on this subject that they're at the very least mostly not racist. That's how I, I feel about I it, feel where they'll like, look at a murder as a murder and they'll want to punish that murderer regardless. I, I feel like um, I feel like blacks in this country tend to be somewhat hypersensitive to this issue. I get it. I understand why. I'm just saying I think that they tend to see racism where it isn't in the sense that, say, Free Talk Live, talking about jury nullification, could be construed by some blacks who are educated on this subject as a racist thing. We're, we're not. But we could be talking about jury nullification. Right. I see it as a way to help uh, black people and Hispanic people who are disproportionately targeted in this war on drugs. The so, 1.5 million people that are arrested every year for drug possession, mostly for drug possession, are mostly not whites. Uh, yeah. Why would you say that it's not a good idea to talk about jury, uh, the, the, the evil side of jury nullification every time that you discuss jury nullification? Look, I think he's got a good suggestion. I think it'd be wise for people going out engaging in this activism to know about this so they can address it if it comes up. But I, when I read the pamphlets and so forth from Fija, they talk about it in terms of personal choice. The message that they're putting out there is is a powerful one, and it's empowering, and I don't see any problem putting that in front of juries. We're coming up. We'll uh, continue this Free Talk Live. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, you are invited to take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free. Bring up anything. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. 
We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, again, freetalklive.com, you will find things like our shrine of female listeners, the dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing they are listeners of the program. Shrine. Freetalklive.com. In fact, added a few new Shriners over the weekend. So head on over there, take a look. And if you're a lady listener, you can join the Shrine. All the details are at Shrine.FreeTalkLive.com. Tired of reading about loss of liberty? Now for the first time, a novel showing how liberty can realistically triumph. Progress by Charles Stample. Order a copy from Amazon or for a free PDF of Part 1, write ProgressAnovel at gmail.com. Experience a libertarian revolution. Progress a novel at gmail.com or just search uh, at amazon.freetalklive.com. Progress Charles. And uh, you should you should get it that way. It's a I've read it. It's a great book. I intend to read it again. I haven't managed to, uh, to, to pick it up the second time. I felt that it was uh, it was extraordinarily good at teaching succinct ways to uh, teach the, the morality and uh, practicality of the message of liberty. All right, 800-259-9231. Talking about jury nullification, the suggestion is that we shouldn't uh, be putting this idea in people's heads because it might be used by some racists to get a racist uh, murderer off, for instance, if uh, they were caught for doing their uh, their crime and uh, on trial that the jury could be filled with 12 racists and that they could uh, vote to acquit using jury nullification. And I tend to agree with you, Mark, that it seems pretty unlikely that something like that would really be the case in today's America. But maybe I'm just being Pollyanna-ish. Maybe uh, I am not really in touch with what our emailer is in touch with, and that is the, the racist undertones of society. Perhaps the racism still exists, but it's just gone underground, and we're the racists to know that they could do this that they would uh, seize you know the power and and you know start murdering people and then getting uh, you know exonerated for, from juries it seems pretty paranoid to me to uh, to believe that that would be the case well I think the racism's out there um, it's just not focused at black people as much as it used to be um, it's now focused at illegal immigrants this is true uh, so let's continue here with your thoughts Frank is in New York you're on free talk live hello Frank Frank New York. Yeah. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Hey, what's I just wanted to say that uh, jury nullification, like any technology or methodology, can be used for good purposes or bad purposes. And it's really the context that determines the outcome. An example, uh, I was on jury duty in New York in March. And sadly, I wasn't picked for a jury. It's very interesting how the uh, attorneys for both parties question the people. The people that they tend to pick are those that have very little ideas about what's going on. Oh, yeah. Very little idea about how jurisprudence or the legal system works. They want ignorant people. Who exactly. If I, the, if I was the prosecutor, Frank, is all I'd have to hear is your accent and way of speaking, and you would be off. Well, that's, kind of, that's kind of what happened. It's exactly and, what I'm sure. But, but they liked some of the Wall Street brokers that were there. And I think it's because they're, they're very focused on just sort of like uh, shaking down their customers for their commission. And they're very, very very one-sided or very narrow focus, as opposed to someone that should really be able to weigh various variables and situations to make a really good decision. Now, if I were on, if I needed a jury, let's say, I would want a very bright jury that would be able to reason and think things through. Sure, a jury of your peers, perhaps, right? (laughs) Well, yes, but the point is, 
that doesn't seem to happen. And on a funny note, if you remember the, although it's sad as well, uh, with the uh, Charles Manson LaBianca murder trial in Los Angeles, you'll remember that Charlie Manson for three days was flashing the Mason in distress hand signal to the jury, hoping that the jury would, a Mason would nullify, you know, I see. Uh, a guilty uh, thing. And that's no joke. Was I mean, Manson you could, a Mason? Well, I don't know, but he knew that he knew the signals and he was giving them. And that's actually He's crazy. you can Google it and uh, because historically that actually happened in many uh, situations, sort of in the 19th century. So what do you, you think, have, Frank? If a Mason was in distress, a fellow Mason wouldn't find him guilty if you know he was on a jury. You, that sort of goes back. So I mean, that that kind of there's a whole history, and especially the racism is bad. But what I want to say is this. In a criminal case, uh, for many years, many prosecutors relied on the FBI lab from the days of J. Edgar Hoover in the 30s up until the 1990s. And in the 1990s, it came out that the FBI lab really didn't test the material. Whatever the prosecutor wanted, they wrote the results up for that. Wow. So there were hundreds and hundreds of thousands of innocent huh. people convicted on false evidence. Uh, so what do you do FBI when the prosecutors lab. are racist, right? I mean, how well, do you... no, no. What I would say is this. If I were on a, a jury and the evidence was used was FBI lab forensic material, I would nullify that immediately because I mm. know that that was a sham from the very beginning. That's fascinating. And mm. the case would have to be contingent upon other mitigating factors. It just couldn't rely on, you know, that physical evidence or circumstantial evidence with an FBI ballistics thing, because that lab was fraudulent from the beginning, and you had the director even mentioning that in the 1990s. And I remember Ted Koppel did a three-night nightline about it, Frank. where they went through the situation. So the point is, the judges don't want a bright jury, because a bright jury would be able to say, well, maybe the judge is misdirecting the jurors with his final statements on how one is to interpret the case. And on the other hand, with how many poor trial attorneys and prosecuting attorneys there are, I guess they don't want someone that has a legal background or any kind of, you know, uh, ability to question or move outside of the box. And, you know, jury nullification, as I said, it can serve a good purpose or a bad purpose, and it depends upon the context. And I think it can be mostly good. I mean, clearly, if you look at the numbers, you've got millions of people that are being assaulted by these outrageous laws like the war on drugs and not so many murders, you know, not so many uh, vicious, violent crimes in comparison. So it seems overall to be a good idea. Tell me, Frank, what do you think we should do about this? I mean, should we change how we approach the issue well, on you Free know what Talk I Live? Think should be done. I, I think really when one is in middle school, or high school or university, one should have to take, you know, a semester course on the law and you, where you go into all sorts of things. Oh, I had one of those. Whereby, no, I really mean it, not sort of this, this ridiculous, watered-down approach to what would be called civics or social studies. That's what public school uh, is actually had a, yeah, I actually luck. had a law <laughs> class. And basically what they did was was called street law. They taught you the basics of what goes on in a courtroom. And they did not, as I don't, I don't recall them mentioning jury nullification. So even if you could have that implemented, Frank, it wouldn't be done in the way you want it to be done. You're absolutely right. But the point is, that's what we need to, to create. If you have people that come through the system that have no idea about the laws, the rights, 
uh, all these different things, even even the creating types of that is legal not going case. to be really likely within the system. What's more likely is to go out and actually hand the information to the potential jurors, like we do with the fully informed jury association uh, activism. But my question for you, Frank, was what about us on the air here on Free Talk Live? I mean, the suggestion of the emailer is that we shouldn't be ta- we shouldn't be encouraging jury nullification at all because of what could happen. It sounds uh, like a judge sent that letter. It sounds like the email was sent by a judge. Oh, that's Judges an interesting are afraid viewpoint. of jury nullification. And prosecutors, especially the, uh, uh, let's say the district attorneys are afraid of it because often they're in that position for three to seven years so they can move into some elected mm. position. So they don't want people that are going to uh, wow. sort of in a I never sense, screw, screw with their outcome in their career. And that's basically the trouble with the law. Justice is not blind. In America, the amount of justice one gets is proportional to the amount of income they're able to spend on it. And that's really, uh, you know, malfeasance. Excellent insights and information as always. Frank, I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Open the question out to uh, everybody else listening. And how should we handle a fully informed jury association? Presuming it's not a judge that wrote the email, uh, but that's an interesting theory. I, yeah, it's, it's uh, a theory. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, how should we handle it? Should we continue as we always have and gloss over the sordid history of jury nullification? It's Free Talk Live. So, you want to move to New Hampshire for liberty? NHmove.info has articles, links, and activism alerts to help you decide exactly where and how to make your move. Even job listings. Browse the inventory of Liberty blogs, sites, and media, or promote your own efforts, all free, at nhmove.info. If you're moving to New Hampshire, you better go now and bookmark nhmove.info. Talk Live, you can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. You will find that the features there are free. And if you want to help support the show, you can do that by becoming an amplifier. For as little as three bucks a month, you can uh, invest in the future of Free Talk Live and get Free Talk Live on more radio stations, bringing more internet listeners on board with the program, exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. You get perks, too. You get access to the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only forum, the AMP-only podcast, which is commercial-free. It doesn't have the recorded podcast commercials you normally hear in our listener version, regular listener version of the show. So head over, get the details, get signed up. Use any major credit card, PayPal. Some alternative options are available as well. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. So the question is uh, that's on the table here is about fully informed jury association outreach. And the suggestion has been by one of our emailers that talking about fully informed jury uh, association information could inform racists that uh, that they could use this to es- essentially exonerate racists who murder people and and things like that as it has been done in the past and they cite uh, the emailer cites some past examples of this and it's true it happened uh and it's horrible that uh, that that happened there's no doubt about that i would like to believe that people have changed i would like to believe that the you know the vicious racism that this country had experienced in the past is not as it once was uh, and I would think that the fact that we don't have as many you know, race-related uh, things going on as far as murder and things like that is some evidence of that. 
Um, and also, if there really were as many racist people out there, they could still be coming back with not guilty verdicts because they're racist and they can just do that if they if they want to. I'm sorry, you didn't prove your case. Right. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> you know, uh, I think that the racism at the time was um, more outside the system in, the, in that it wasn't uh, – it wasn't it wasn't codified by the, the the government officials themselves at least not as much that's the I, I maybe i'm not expressing it exactly the same way but now it seems to me that you're more likely to be convicted of a crime if you are uh you know of an ethnicity that isn't the majority so if you're uh, you know just the the evidence is that i think that a jury will more likely call somebody who's you know uh, I, I, they'll more likely call a young black guy a murderer than they will an old white woman right um, Probably I mean, that that seems that seems accurate. Now, obviously, young people in general are going to be treated as more likely to be uh, convicted. So I just feel like the racism is more institutionalized. And this isn't the kind of racism that we have to worry about, the kind that went on previously that would exonerate white people who clearly had committed the crime. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that it's it's just a different kind of racism that that, that we need to be on the, the lookout for and that jury nullification isn't the the danger that it used to be so the question is how do we handle it and as far as uh, should we change our policy based on uh, how we approach the issue based on this one email and frank suggested this might even be a judge that's emailing us to get us to stop talking frank loves conspiracy theories um which you know i I think is an interesting perspective so how do we handle it i feel like uh, i feel like saying every single time we talk about fija oh by the way you could use this for evil you know, it, you could use Fija if you wanted to get somebody off who's a murderer. Well, it's, uh, whether whether it's we bring up the racist issue or not, I think the idea of even putting that out there is unnecessary. I think it's completely unnecessary. I think people are for kind the of, most it's part. It's kind of like saying, you know, well, you got to watch out handguns. Every, you know, if we talk about gun ownership in America, that's saying, hey, look. You know, if you own a gun, it's seven times more likely to kill a member of your family and uh, somebody you love than than uh, you know some criminal. And we don't do that. And we don't do that. Sam, your thoughts on uh, what, how, how to approach it? Uh, you know, I, I think the, you focus on what you want to create and expand in the world. And it, bringing this up is, is really kind of nonproductive. If, if, I, I think education is really the answer. Having people who understand, who are out being advocates of, of uh, jury nullification, having them understand that this has happened, that it has been used. And I think just you know listening to the conversation here gives them enough of a foundation to really address this with somebody and then really focus back on the intent of what it is you're trying to do and trying to accomplish through the activism. Yeah, I... I don't want to be accused of see no evil, speak no evil, hear no evil, but it seems it seems counterintuitive to literally put the idea into people's heads. Whoever it is that's listening, you know, maybe they wouldn't have wouldn't have thought. Maybe if a racist is listening and they they'd never heard of jury nullification before, and they wouldn't have necessarily connected. Like, oh, I could use this to get uh, my my buddy off if he murders uh, some black guy. That seems unlikely. You know, uh, you know put the idea into his it head. It just seems I mean, unlikely. What 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 seems unlikely? It seems un, it's, it seems more likely that if a racist uh, you know had, had saw somebody who had uh, you know I, I was I was sitting on a jury with somebody who clearly had murdered a black guy over uh, you know race racial reasons or whatever that he's going to find that person not guilty anyway. 
Your thoughts are welcome at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. What seems more likely is that uh, you'd stifle somebody who might do jury nullification activism, which, you know, to, to what I see is on the aggregate, a good thing currently Today, you might stifle them um, from doing it because, well, you know, it has a history that has you know, this. They worry about what people like thought. so many yeah. things in this world. That it's not Lily White. If yeah. you want me to, get, I mean, mm. what a poor choice of an analogy. <laughs> um, and, and, uh, you know, it's 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 not yeah. perfect, and nothing in the world's perfect. It's, uh, however, a very powerful form of activism that an individual can do and where there where there are so many forms of activism that the individual can't do. You can go on the corner and hold a sign that says the world's ending tomorrow. But, uh, you know, people ignore you if you have that sign or the sign that says, you know, honk if you like lower taxes or or whatever kind of other activism the individual can do. Jury nullification it's an empowering seems to, thing. Seems to be to uh, the the, lar- the the biggest thing that the average guy can do. It's empowering. It's eye opening. It's I think one of the most important forms of activism that people can do. And as I mentioned at the very beginning of this discussion, which was almost an hour ago, yeah. Uh, as I mentioned, so be- we're certainly not covering this up. And I have right. asked uh, the emailer. Right. He thought we weren't going to read it for his opinion. Uh, you know, well, so he, you know, I mean. <laughs> I, I, he thought we weren't going to read Critical it. Critical emails are more likely to be read on this on this program if they're well done. If they're not, well, right. even if they're if even they're, if they're not, poorly done, you, dummy. If, if they're that, we'll just make fun of them. But yeah. you'll notice that that hasn't been done in this case, it's, right? No, there's nothing to make fun of here. I think his concerns are legitimate. I think mm-hmm. it's a serious issue, but I don't think that uh, that it, it outweighs the idea of going out and doing this outreach because I think fully informed jury association. Uh, outreach is one of the most powerful ways to reduce the racist and then you mentioned the institutionalized racism and that's what's going on where you've got the war on drugs that is targeting blacks it's targeting hispanics it's targeting uh you know poor whites as well of course but poor people in general are, are disproportionately targeted by the uh by i guess that's not racism but it's bigoted uh the, the you know the war on drugs goes after these people and it ruins their lives and 1.5 million People are arrested every year for drugs. If if jury nullification can help free some of those folks from the clutches of this this inhumane system, then I will do what I can to spread the word about it. And I'm not going to be afraid that there's some racist out there that's going to use this for uh, for purposes of protecting his racist buddies because there just aren't that many racist murders out there, at least that I that I'm aware of that that are that aren't happening with the frequency uh, perhaps as they as they used to. Plus, we haven't even talked about the voir dire process. You know, if you're if you're down in the South and you're in a in a particularly racist area, then it should be your attorney needs to be asking these jurors questions about their uh, their belief systems and kicking these people off the juries do what you can to keep racists off the jury period because whether they know about jury nullification or not they are more than likely to be biased in their verdict yeah i don't know how you would uh find out if somebody's a racist by asking them questions i don't know either but i bet you the attorneys can figure out questions to ask that would reveal things I bet you they could figure that out. Yeah, you know, they're pretty. Sh- some attorneys are pretty, some pretty sharp folks when it comes to that, and racists ain't so much very sharp. So it wouldn't seem to be too difficult. Well, that's generalization. There are plenty of sharp racists out there. Yeah, are there? Well, I don't. We don't run run into them very often on this show, and I don't. You know, seem it's to because they don't talk about racism. I see what you mean. They're smart enough to not talk about it. Is what you're saying? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. 
So uh, there you have it. I will continue doing fully informed jury association outreach. I think it's one of the most effective forms of liberty activism that we have out there. It gets useful information in the hands of people that I hope are human beings who will treat people equally and they will uh, they will look at the the case and they will look at the law and they will use this information and they will make the right choice and they will not use it to you know uh, get a murderer off or get a, a rapist off if they hate women or something uh, something like that. I'm not going to think about. I like what you said, Sam. You 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 create you know what what you're looking for. Yeah, it, and with it, your message, it expands what you focus on expands in the world and what is it you want to grow by bringing this up. You're just sort of creating and breathing life into people talking about racism and bigotry. Yeah, I want to help people think about saving people who have been wrongfully accused of stupid crimes that shouldn't be crimes in the first place. Fija.org is where you can go to learn more about the Fully Informed Jury Association. Uh, That's F-I-J-A dot O-R-G. Hour 3 is coming up. You take control of the airwaves and bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Ovaltine. Give your kids the nutrition they need to be their best. Visit us at OvaltineUSA.com. Telling your child about healthy food choices is important, but showing her what to eat goes a lot further. Have her help create the grocery list, then bring her to the store with you. Picking out healthy foods together helps kids get in the habit of thinking about what they're eating every day. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash YourFamilyToday. Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features there. They are free. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their sites. Uh, So head on over and enjoy it on us at freetalklive.com. So going on right now in the desert is Burning Man. And if you've never heard of Burning Man before, it is... Uh, Burning by, hot this year, I'll bet. Why? Is it hotter this year out in the desert? It's hotter this year all over the United usual? States. It's a hot year. Yeah. Well, it's always hellaciously hot uh, out there during the daytime for Burning Man. And it gets cold during the night as well. That's how things work uh, out in the desert. And uh, I've never been myself. I considered going uh, this year, but it just wasn't the right uh, wasn't the right opportunity this time around. I need to get more folks like trained on doing the show and stuff like that before I take some sort of a vacation. Because this is a six-day-long event, as I understand it. It's basically an entire week, maybe a little longer than that, but it's an entire week. Uh, that Why wouldn't you do the show from there if you wanted to go? You're in the middle of the desert. How would I get the signal to the network studio? I don't know. You'd figure out a way. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't figure out a way okay, to do then, that. Then, then it's not possible. Yeah, it's it, there's no way. I don't even know if you get you could get cell phone coverage out there. You I, could get a satellite channel, but it'd cost you about five ten grand to do something like that. You'd have to have the the uplink the facility right. with you. Well, now it's in a backpack, and you can actually set it up and tune it within an hour. Yeah, and then you'd have to have the power to run that, and you'd have to have a generator. True. And I mean, yep. it would it would be a huge undertaking in order to do any sort of live uh, transmission. Uh, from Burning Man. But if somebody's out there and you actually have cell phone signal and you're able to somehow listen to this program, uh, would love to hear from you. Could, it would be easier to listen to Free Talk Live. You could set up a little dish uh, mm-hmm. and you know, pull off our KU band signal. So you could, you could broadcast Free Talk Live. You could like bring a little transmitter out. Uh, you could broadcast LRN.FM out there at, at Burning Man. That would be kind of cool. In fact, I think I, they actually set up 
a uh, transmitter out there. They they actually have a radio station. The official Burning Man folks have their own uh, station that they set up out there. So uh, Burning Man is an amazing event that has been going on for well over a decade. I think almost two. I, I don't have the, the history of the event in front of me right now. But basically it's a bunch of folks that get together out in the – uh, in the middle of the desert, they they come together and they essentially create a city for what is a, a week. And they come together and then they leave it cleaner than they found it, right? They they clean up all their mess and they they, they go away. So they essentially they pack in everything that they're going to uh, It's very artistic. Uh, I've seen yeah. this, this giant structure wave structure of of just two by fours put together um they you know people create all kinds of artistic and uh like kinetic sculptures uh, amazing stuff yeah it really is that's it's one of the i think the main features of the event i mean besides the the music obviously there's a lot of music but there is a lot of art and people showing off their you know their different talents and working together to do artsy things and uh, you know d- adorning their campsites in various manner and uh, creating sculptures and uh, I've, again i've i've only seen the photos right i've seen some videos and i've seen the the photos and the photos are incredible there's some uh, panoramic uh, pictures that i found of burning man as i was kind of doing some research into it because you really need if you're going to go to burning man you really uh need to know what the heck you're doing there's this list of things that they suggest you know you better have what you need like water a lot of water because it gets hot and you don't want to rely on somebody else to take care of you out there they probably uh, would Um, it's that kind of community but it's you know right you want to be self-sufficient you want to bring in everything that you're going to need because the one of the things that's kind of iffy uh, about burning man for me is it's one of those you can't buy stuff here events right it's it's a little on the the hippie side because of that yeah. right like your commerce is not allowed here you can't go there and set up shop and sell t-shirts so, i mean you could try it but uh, people would probably uh, ostracize you to some extent uh, if you if you did something like that so, uh, so any- well, I can see why they choose. Like, maybe they don't want it to turn into a big fair. Um, and yeah. I, you know, I I get that. Burning Man is what it is, and they should, uh, you know, the, whoever organizes it should should do whatever they do. Obviously, they're being successful in the way that they wish to be successful. So, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm all for commerce, and I'm all for these people doing whatever it is that they, you know, they like doing what they, their heart calls them to do. They do apparently sell things at the center camp, like the Burning Man folks sell things. Obviously, they're selling tickets as well. It's like three hundred dollars to get into. Oh, so they got uh, tickets. This event. Interesting. Yeah. So there's a commercial aspect, obviously, uh, to it, but. Uh, uh, and they sell ice, I think. They sell ice and coffee. <laughs> it's pretty much the only two things that are sold at Burning Man, as I understand it. Uh, obviously, if you've got experience with the event, we'd love to hear from you. I know that TSA George, I think, went out there uh, one year. Maybe sure, more many, than many, many of our listeners. All right, Ian, right here on their front page. Uh, live feeds direct from Burning Man. Enjoy a live webcast from uh, Black Rock City 2010. Wow, I wonder how and they're doing that. a live audio stream from uh, BMR 94.5 broadcasting from Center Camp. Wow, I wonder how they're uh, they're getting away with that. I mean, there must be satellite then or something. I guess like that, who knows? There's nothing out there. Somebody I mean, could do it. They're literally in the middle of the desert. Burning Man is an annual event held in the Black Rock Desert in northern Nevada in the United States. The event starts on the Sunday before or uh, before and ends on the day of the American Labor Day holiday. It takes its name from the ritual burning of a large wooden effigy on Saturday evening. So that's that's what the entire event builds up uh, towards. The event is described as many partic- by many participants as an experiment in community, radical self-expression, and radical self-reliance in 2008. 
49,599 people participated in Burning Man. So more people come to Burning 49, Man. 49,000 is a big darn event. Yeah, it's huge. And oh, so I was mentioning these pan- panoramic photos. They're absolutely you know, s- stunning. Uh, this guy took pictures at nighttime, and there's all this neon and you know, lights and all kinds of just amazingly beautiful uh, artwork and visuals out there. So, unfortunately, there's a little bit of bad news that's coming out of Burning Man. I'm sure the party is going on as we speak. It just kicked off, I believe, yesterday. I know that one of our listeners uh, is uh, is headed down that way, one of the amplifiers. Uh, Eric is heading down there. So maybe we'll uh, we'll hear from him if he gets a phone call out somehow. I don't know how that's possible. But Reno, Nevada, David Levin represents entrepreneurs, investors, and developers in his legal practice. As an aside, he's a Burning Man barrister, offering free legal advice to those who run afoul of the law at the annual Counterculture, uh, counterculture Festival on the Nevada desert. The Palo Alto, uh, California attorney maintains law enforcement has become so heavy-handed at the eclectic art and music gathering that he was compelled to form a legal defense team known as Lawyers for Burners to help participants who have been cited or arrested. He and other Burning Man fans accuse overzealous officers of destroying the quality of an otherwise peaceful celebration of radical self-expression to be held Monday through September 6th. I can't see, you know, I just can't see any department, uh, too many departments in America being excited about radical self-expression. You know, I mean, this just kind of sounds like the kind of thing that they would just, it just drive them nuts. Well, you, but you know, Mark, I mean, I've been to, I've never been to Burning Man, but I've been to some of the concerts, like the weekend long concerts where there's just overt drug use and things like that going on. Uh, th- th- things that are clearly by their laws illegal. And I've seen the police look the other way. I've seen well, them make the right choice and leave people alone well, the at problem these is, events. The problem is that, you know, things are. They, they react slowly. It's uh, government in general is a slow reacting organization. So, you know, the, the concert doesn't go on the same place, the same time every year. Burning Man does. So it has uh, it has this sort a of a lot of those concerts do go on the same place, same time. I went to uh, livestock uh, down in Tampa Bay where I don't know if it's and, switched around that many times. And it's it's over now, right? Is it over? I don't know. Well, I'm, I don't I'm sure attention. it's been compromised to the point that it's over. I haven't heard of it. Well, I don't live in Tampa Bay, so I don't know how I would have hear I would hear of a concert that is going on down there. But my point being, the I've been to events that are of a similar, you know, nature where people are getting crazy and you know there's drug use and alcohol and all kinds of stuff going on, underage drinking, uh, people being topless, etc. All of these things happening with the police, usually in some cases looking like they're enjoying themselves, just uh, having having fun standing around watching all of it and not really messing with anything, really only stepping in when there's a fight and really actually being peace officers. I mean, I've actually seen this uh, seen this happen. And so it's unfortunate they would choose to crack down over at Burning Man. But uh, so we'll get into some of the details as to what's actually going down. He says the police officers are destroying the quality of a peaceful celebration. Uh, 50,000 people are expected to gawk at offbeat artwork, wear bizarre costumes or nothing at all and torch the events. How's that going? Well, what's that like in the desert, right? Like with all that wind and it's a, sand? It's like a lot of... Uh, of- <laughs> a lot of sunscreen. Yeah, more coming up here. We'll tell you more about Burning Man. And if you've got uh, some experience with the event, we'd love to hear from you, especially as far as what the police presence has been like in the past. Uh, is this lawyer blowing this out of proportion, uh, or is it actually worse this year? Has it been getting worse? It's Free Talk Live at 800-259-9231. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. 
is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. A single CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there. We've got news updates. You get signed up. We'll keep you informed as to what's going on with Free Talk Live. Just go to news.freetalklive.com to get on the list. Uh, or various different lists, actually. We've got the email updates, uh, Twitter, Facebook. So follow Free Talk Live in the way that you think is most appropriate for your preferences. Go to news.freetalklive.com and get signed up. Now, uh, we're talking about Burning Man, and I want to get back into that discussion. But you want to talk about another deliberate community of people that are coming together for a common cause? The Free State Project is an amazing uh, concept. It, it brings people who love freedom together into the same place. Not for a week. But for, hopefully for life, uh, it's a long-term project wherein people are making the move to New Hampshire. Uh, they are getting active for liberty. They're making friendships that may in- indeed last them a lifetime. And it's an incredible uh, experience. It's been great for you and I so far, Mark. Sam, I think you also have uh, enjoyed your experience oh, yeah. so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been here now almost four years, and it just keeps getting better. As more people arrive, they bring their ideas, their unique perspective, their uh, their thoughts, their uh, their dreams up here to New Hampshire, and they can put them into action. As far as their activist uh, ideas, they can do things here that it were impossible uh, from where they came. Whence they came, rather. Uh, they were impossible. And it's much, uh, it makes things, people, people, actual numbers of liberty-minded people getting together makes some amazing things possible. Go to freestateproject.org to learn more about getting up here to New Hampshire. Sign up for the project. Join up and get here as soon as you possibly can because uh, freedom is uh, is just around the corner. The more people move, the faster they, uh, they get here. Go to freestateproject.org and join the fun. So we're talking about the Burning Man Festival. It's actually going on right now, and I'd love to find out that somebody was actually able to listen to Free Talk Live out there at the uh, the festival. It sounds like an amazing experience, uh, and it's been going on for a long time, many, many years. It started back in the mid-1980s. And really? So, yeah, there are people that have been going to Burning Man you know, from the very beginning, the burners, uh, as they call them. And what we're talking about here, uh, the issue that is at hand, is that apparently the police are really cracking down. This according to a Palo Alto uh, attorney who is a Burning Man barrister. He's somebody that offers free legal advice to people that get in uh, you know, some uh, sticky issues there at the event, which, which gathers 50,000 people. I mean, this, a small city basically gathers in the middle of the Black Rock Desert in Nevada for an entire week, and they, they party, they, uh, you know, they create artwork, and it's just a good old uh, good old. Hippie time. Uh, so let me tell you a little bit more about what's going on. According to him, among other issues, he said female undercover agents in costume have asked male burners for drugs. Uh, drug sniffing dogs and their handlers have roamed camps, and armed officers have snooped on revelers at dances. Last year, almost 300 burners were cited or arrested by federal officers. So these people are are getting charged with federal crimes. It's getting serious. Uh, Levin said, it's a police state out there. There's very little criminal activity at the event, but they cite and arrest people in order to justify their existence. Now, I imagine that's true. There's probably very, very few instances of, uh, you know, rape or murder or uh, I mean, this has to be the highlight of the uh, federal agent's uh, year. uh, We get to go to Burning Man. And see the hot chicks run around in daisy outfits, yep. you know, or whatever it is. Or that nothing at all. Right, or whatever it is. And, and uh, you know, they, in order to keep going back, they have to find ways to charge people. Officials from the U.S. Bureau of Land Management and Pershing County Sheriff's Department cite a new study by U.S. Park Police that concludes an even larger police presence is needed. Of course it the is. Two agencies plan.
planned to have 80 officers at this year's event, far below the 144 recommended in the Park Police report. I don't want my guys to be party poopers, but we've got a job to do, said Mark Pirtle, special agent in charge for the BLM. They're not bad people, but they like to use drugs. Last year, 65% of 287 citations issued by BLM rangers involved drugs, largely marijuana, LSD, mushrooms, and ecstasy, with cocaine and heroin down the list, according to the lawyer. So many people think they can go out and smoke dope openly, but that's not the case, he said. Pot possession is a felony under Nevada law. Which, this is shocking to me and outrageous. I always thought that, you know, Burning Man was this really tolerant place, and it is outside the police. I had never heard of this police state crackdown. I would like to, you know, really hear from somebody that has some Burning Man experience, and you'll probably, if you're there this week, then call us next week and let us know. You know, was this year well, you know, significantly worse than it was last year or the years before that? Even if you had, like, this that, that fake marijuana that you can buy on the internet, and you were walking around smoking that, or if you had a hand-rolled cigarette, what kind of and, – and you were cited for marijuana possession, which is likely a situation where you can send in a certain amount of money and everything's fine afterwards, um, and you go back to Oregon or, or Michigan or wherever it is uh, that, that you live, isn't it easier to – instead of fighting it, you, you, may not, you may be not guilty of possession of marijuana, but isn't it easier just to pay the fine? I mean, it's likely what they're doing, right? The cash in Does it. that make sense? Cashing in on people. I, I mean, I don't know whether that's the case or not. Maybe they're dragging them all back there for court, but it, it, they, I mean, may they very well, well could be. be. But if you, if they, I mean, they're losing a certain amount of them in that case. They're losing revenue because you could go around and cite everybody who's smoking anything with a uh, with with a misdemeanor marijuana charge, and you would just cha ching, cha ching, cha ching, rake it on in. I mean, anybody who's walking around with a with a regular uh, Marlboro or Camel filtered cigarette, you could charge them with marijuana possession, and the vast majority of them would pay. Yeah, I see where you're coming from on that. Don't give me any ideas, Mark. I, I, I don't know. If Pershing Sheriff's Ron Skinner said this, Burning Man can be classified as an extended seven-day rave that's infested with drugs and alcohol and all sorts of <laughs> bizarre behavior. <laughs> no, no. What it's infested with is a violent group of men who are out extorting money from people. He says, I've never heard the complaint that about too many officers added other than them from those people that are anti-law enforcement and anti-authoritarian. Anarchy is not an option. <laughs> The gathering is. <laughs> this guy sounds like a just a load of fun. Yeah. The gathering is staged on BLM managed land within his country's border, uh, county's boundaries. Well, while the festival has been largely free of major crimes since moving to Nevada from San Francisco in 1990, it has been the scene of rapes, driving under the influence, accidents. Now that's an interesting thing because you're not actually allowed to drive around uh, at uh, at Burning Man. They do have some cars driving around called art cars, so you actually have to have a, a fairly decked out uh, vehicle as far as artwork is concerned in order to uh, to to be able to uh, to drive around. And I think they you know they kind of pick up people and they give them rides uh, to places and things like that. But for the most part cars are completely prohibited uh you if you want to get around you're either walking or you've got your bicycle it's pretty much it uh so he says assaults burglaries and sales of illegal drugs burning man spokeswoman marion goodell said while organizers agree with the need for rules at the festival an ongoing debate is over the number of officers considered adequate burners complaints about law enforcement spiked in 2007 and 2008 after some blm officers were accused of conducting unlawful searches she said i think drug use at burning man is greatly exaggerated i think most people are out there to be self-expressive no one wants to find officers training binoculars on a whole street it's making participants 
very uncomfortable. And isn't that what they want? Don't the police really just want to stop the fun? Isn't that what it's all about? Because that's why they are cracking down on uh, the raves, you know, underground raves and things like that. They crack down on those because they haven't paid the fees. They haven't paid for the permits. You're allowed to have your fun as long as you give us all the money that we ask for first. Right. In this case, private security could absolutely handle this situation. They could say, look, if you're driving, uh, you know, under the influence or something here if you've uh, if you've uh, raped the, the rapes they can turn over to the cops call them in and, and handle those situations uh, most situations they can handle by just barring somebody from the event next year we'll come back with more uh, your thoughts are welcome especially if you've been to burning man or bring up anything you want at 800-259-9231 this is free talk live you can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio, via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free, so enjoy those. Again, freetalklive.com. And the features include our webcam. You can watch, you can listen, and chat. It's all on the same page of the website, cam.freetalklive.com. And it's all free, brought to you by memorydealers.com. Memory Dealers offers the... MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, XFPs, GBICs, ZenPaks, and X2s. They're 100% compatible with all the major networking equipment manufacturers out there, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP. And up to 99% off of list price. They are your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock, ready to ship, via overnight delivery, MemoryDealers.com. Yeah, this is you know, this story is bumming me out. I mean, as somebody who has uh, heard a lot of really good things about Burning Man, which is the festival that's going on right now in the Black Rock Desert of Nevada with uh, approximately 50,000 people uh, essentially partying for an entire week, uh, enjoying, uh, you know, meeting new people, seeing really wild art exhibits and uh, maybe experiencing some uh, illegal substances uh, as well. And of course, the event organizers are downplaying, "Oh, there's there's not a lot of drugs out here at Burning Man." <laughs> That's not what I've heard. But nonetheless, uh, it sounds like it'd be a lot of fun. Unfortunately, the police have decided that, well, as usual, if you're having fun without them getting a cut, uh, then they usually get pretty upset about that and they come in and they, and they crack down. In this case, they're actually having the event on federal land. So it's the Bureau of Land Management in tandem with the Nevada County sheriffs and other local yokels uh, that are coming in there and they're searching people. They're, they're demanding uh, people you know, consent to searches. They're sending under, undercover women around to ask men for drugs. Which is a, you know, it's a way that I've been at some of these concerts, these weekend long concerts before, a way for women to get free beer and other drugs is by, for instance, flashing their breasts. This is a, uh, this is a good way for women to get themselves free uh, intoxicating substances. Uh, and it, it happens on a regular basis. So, uh, so they're using sex, uh, they're using sex, essentially sex appeal to, uh, to, 
to entrap people in, into giving them narcotic substances so they can make arrests. Uh, let me give you a little, little bit more detail here. Then we could talk about how the Liberty community might be able to help this event because we were coming up with some, I thought, some good ideas yeah. here uh, during the break. So organizers warn about police presence in their newsletters and the event survival guide for participants. They list illegal activities and provide advice to burners if they're stopped for questioning. Your best protection is to obey the law, said Dwayne Hoover's Burning Man's Law Enforcement Liaison. He said, not to toss a wet towel on your fun, but yes, all federal, state, and local laws still exist at Burning Man. Uh, Steve Bagley, 26, of Boston, criticized authorities' handling of the event. He's among nearly 1,900 burners who have been cited by the BLM, Bureau of Land Management, since 2001. He said, generally speaking, burners are nonviolent and peaceful people. Uh, while declining to specify what he was cited for last year, he said it's a disconnect to see men with guns out there. Uh, you want to talk about harsh in your buzz, uh, walking around <laughs> and uh, you know trying to enjoy the the sights and the sounds and the people at Burning Man uh, on whatever uh, mind altering substances you might be having, and then seeing these you know thug cops uh, walking around as they're saying here with drug dogs sniffing out campsites. I mean, it's the 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 lawyer in the beginning of the story says it's a police state at Burning Man. And that's pretty disturbing. Lee Rowland of the American Civil Liberties Union of Nevada says she has received complaints that some officers are pressuring participants to consent to searches. That's the bottom line for us regarding Burning Man is that civil liberties need to be protected, she said. The BLM's Pirtle and said federal officers from across the West who will police the event must undergo a day of training by prosecutors on search and seizure laws. New burners unfamiliar with the rules usually are the ones who get busted, he said. They give consent for a search and an officer finds a bag of pot in their backpack. Those are the ones who go back and say, this officer pressured me. But Levin of Lawyers for Burners said law enforcement's excesses are evidenced by the fact that the vast majority of burners are allowed to plead guilty to a lesser charge and pay a smaller fine if they then uh, if they challenge a citation. He maintains Burning Man organizers don't complain out of fear they could lose a permit for the festival. He said they, the BLM, are the intruders and the marauders, and they're inhibiting people's experiences. In the end, BLM law enforcement is an expensive charade, and the quality of the event is deteriorating. So, as usual, the government people coming in and just taking a big crap all over people who are enjoying a peaceful, fun time uh, with one another, enjoying each other's company, in this case, in the middle of the Black Rock Desert. I don't know if there's a portion of the desert that is privately owned, but if there is, the Burning Man, uh, man you know, the, the folks that put this, uh, this event together should really consider moving it the heck off of federal land. Well, you know, this is uh, – indeed, there are you know, large pieces of land, especially in the desert, that are available relatively cheaply. You're not going to get any services there like sewer and electricity and all these other things. Well, they could buy their own desert land. These people don't have that. So they could, in fact, do that. Very inexpensively. They'd For the three hundred dollars to... they're charging each person to get into this event, yeah, they could afford it. I would. Think. I would think they would too. I mean, uh... that that permit can't be that much money, right? I mean, they're they're buying a permit from the feds to go out and do this every single year, but I don't think it's the cost of the event as far as what they are, uh, you know, putting together. Yeah, when you when you get in bed with the government, you get what you get, you know. I, I mean, mean, that's sorry to say. That's uh, just you know, quick calculation. That's fifteen million dollars. I'd like to just to, for the I'd the like to juxtapose fees. this, and I'm not saying that this is entirely the same thing, but I'd like to juxtapose this with uh, the the uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Yes, in me too. 2010 this year, where the owner of the campground, Rogers Campground. 
campground. Private campground. The pri- private campground. And this is a story, right? Like, I don't know what the, the uh, we don't have any video recording of what happened. Mm-hmm. But he went to the local police station and he said, hey, ease off on the patrols at my campground because, you know, it's making my campers nervous. I heard that story from the organizer of the event. But it was at the at the request of the organizer. That's correct. To say, hey, please go talk to the police. Tell them, look, they're they're not really helping out here. It's not, uh, you know, they're, they're nobody not, called them. Yeah, we don't. We just don't want them here. It creates some animosity and some tension uh, in at our event, and we just don't need them. And they didn't come back, as I understood uh, what yeah, happened. I, if they did, their their presence was uh, diminished. Yeah, and so. they didn't make any arrests. By the way, I mean, when they were rolling through the park. Uh, people were sitting at, we had 420, uh, at 420, and people were just sitting along the main drag in the camping area, smoking pot along the side of the road. Selling op- beer. Yeah. Openly. Uh, that was going on as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Alcohol sales uh, without licenses. Yeah. And there's, so, <laughs> anarchy is an option. The Bureau of Land Management people here say, <laughs> anarchy's not an option. Or the sheriff saying that, well, it is an option uh, at uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival. And uh, doggone it, it goes pretty smoothly all as well with, uh, what, something like eight hundred to a thousand people attending yeah i mean 800 was what purchased tickets but i'm sure some people showed up without them and i think that's what you know these people are fearing the most is there are there are sixty thousand people or however many it is going out into the desert and saying hey government we don't need you we get Mm -hmm. along just fine and i mean that but you need us (laughs) that's that's their biggest fear is that no people realize that hey we don't really need you anymore please please stop aggressing against us but the, really, the only way they're going to end this is if they get off the federal land, right? I mean, that's the yeah. only way. Otherwise, what are some of the uh, solutions for uh, maybe liberty activists that might be going to uh, one of these events? Oh, man. I mean, uh, get get a group of people together and have them go stand behind the cops. Not do anything intimidating, but just stand behind them. They hate that mm-hmm. because that's usually the what they're trained to do is, oh, you go take up position behind everybody and you sit there and watch them. Well, go employ their own tactics to them and show them, you know, I, I've done that and it makes the cops typically very, very uncomfortable. You could, uh, you know, we often go out and engage them in conversation about liberty and look, what are you doing here? Who's the victim when you go arrest somebody and try and extort money from them and use the real terms of what they're actually doing, not the, oh, it's a it's a fine and you were arrested. No, no, you tried to kidnap me and extort money. And when these uh, lady cops are going around and, uh, you know, pretend to be gals that are looking for drugs in, ex- um, in exchange for, well, nothing. They're just looking for drugs to, to frame people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, walk behind them with a sign that says, Cop! Undercover. Snitch. <laughs> Cop, little with an arrow that points mm-hmm. down. Uh, so those are some ideas, and, I, you know, obviously outreach would, would be useful, yeah. uh, flyering with information. I mean, the Burning Man folks say they've got info as well, and I haven't read over that, so I don't know what, how useful it is. Uh, putting up your own radio station and broadcasting mm-hmm. maybe a loop of useful information, things like that. Uh, introductions to liberty, things, etc. More coming up here. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. In the decades to come, hardy adventurers will colonize the solar system, rediscovering freedom and finding vast new wealth. But the government of Earth will seek to extend its power and claim that wealth as its own any way it can. Escape from Terra, Volume 1, the first trade paperback collection of the popular adventure webcomic series, is available now for $12.95 from Big Head Press at BigHeadPress.com.
This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. You'll find all the features there are completely free. So head on over there and enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We are broadcasting here tonight as Burning Man is going on out in the Black Rock Desert of Nevada. We actually were watching here the uh, the live stream. They've got a webcam up there and it's uh, it's it's a good quality too. I mean, they're getting a real good frame rate uh, out right in the middle of the desert. So their their tech team really did a, an amazing job at getting information out from the, literally the middle of nowhere and it's still daylight out there. Uh, out on the the west coast so you can see all of the incredible you know some of the the neat structures that they've got uh put up there there's about 1400 viewers actually watching uh as we're speaking right now and you can get that through their website over at burningman.com but apparently a police state crackdown actually is in effect at burning man this year and it had the, the complaints had increased uh dramatically they said i think it was in 2007 and interestingly if you we were tracking some of the numbers as far as the attendance is concerned the attendance has been going up and up and up over the last 20 plus years the event's been going on since the mid-1980s when it started with just 20 people and now it's 50,000 people that are expected to be there but within the last couple of years it has uh you know gone down uh the attendance was not a record last year it was down by several thousand people and maybe that's because of the police state crackdown as one lawyer is uh is putting it He's saying that it is literally a police state out there. He says that the quality of the event is deteriorating as a result of having these armed thugs walking around, shaking people down that don't know their rights and uh, setting people up to uh, to arrest them with undercover officers, female officers asking for drugs and you know, we like were, that. And we were talking about strategies as to how to counter this. Uh, I, I'm reminded of one of the things Barry Cooper uh, advised. If you have uh, stems and seeds and things like that, throw them in a coffee grinder, grind them up, and sort of spread them around the area. And the idea is to flood the scene with the smell of cannabis where the dogs won't be able to distinguish where it's actually kept. I wonder how that's going to work. I mean, uh, because you've got these windstorms that you're dealing with as well. Uh, it, I've that seen, may be a beneficial, though. It picks it up and moves it, it may all be, over. It may move it everywhere, be, yeah. It may move it, you know miles away though and on the other on the other hand so uh, but yeah that's one of the things you deal with when you're out there are these incredible dust storms that uh, you just need to batten down the hatches basically make sure you've got all your stuff closed up because that gets into everything i mean it's it's quite a you know quite a little adventure that uh, that they have out there and uh, looking forward to hearing from the burners when they get done with their essentially week long party that's going on here all week wrapping up this weekend with uh, with labor day i think is the the final day this sunday um, i know i sent an email out during one of the breaks to one of our amplifiers that i know for a fact is out there and i said uh, you know we've been talking about this uh, i want to have your perspective as a liberty minded guy who's actually on the ground out there this week who's uh, believe been there before as well you know what has changed is it getting worse out there this lawyer is saying it has gotten worse this year and it was bad uh it was getting worse the last couple of years as well you've got federal cops out there making federal arrests you've got the local yokels as uh in addition to that so definitely concerned for the freedoms of those folks out there that are just trying to have a good time let's go to your calls though about whatever you want talk to david in michigan you're on free talk live hello david yes hey what's uh... on your mind tonight I heard your story about the nine-year-old commuter, and I wanted to relay a story that uh, I found shocking when I heard it, but we had a neighbor that moved in from Russia, 
Well, let, the let, nine-year-old let's re- commuter. Let's, re- let's recap the nine-year-old commuter story uh, that we talked a couple of nights ago about. Yeah. Uh, you know, kids. Uh, you know, uh, parents raising kids to be independent, and this uh, oh, gal yeah. who has been labeled America's worst mom uh, essentially allowed her child to ride the New York subway from one location to another. I don't even think there was a, an actual uh, change, but maybe there was um, from one location to another. And uh, you know, some people were horrified, some people were elated. Right. I didn't, I didn't have any problem with her doing that. I don't think that made her a terrible mom. Mm-hmm. But uh, we had a neighbor that uh, moved in from Russia. And the uh, first time she came over to visit, we were eating dinner. And she just walked right into the house, and right, in, right into the middle of our house, didn't knock or anything, which I was cool with it. But uh, we let her know that, you know, if you do that to the wrong people, you could get yourself in trouble in this country. But she said in her country, that was just the custom. You'd just walk into somebody's house. Hmm. So was that if you were expected or? No, just anybody's house. I mean, she wow. was a, she was a complete stranger. She just moved in and she just walked into our house without knocking or anything. Interesting. That's amazing. Yeah. So a little different culture. She related a story that in Russia, that when mothers would go into the store, they would leave their baby sitting outside in the stroller or the carrier, outside at the entrance to the store. She said, "You go into any store and there'd just be a whole line of strollers and babies sitting out there, and they could be out there for forty-five minutes." Wow, that's amazing. So they just weren't concerned about some uh, somebody snatching a baby, that kind of thing. No, and she said that they would even do that in the winter when it was 20 below. You'd just bundle your baby up and you'd leave it out there and you'd come back and you'd pick your baby up and go. Wow. You know, when she got here, she was surprised that people didn't leave their babies at the entrance to stores. That would get you to some with trouble, these too. crazy people. You know, <laughs> as, uh, as you go down the socioeconomic scale uh, on, on a planet wide basis, you're going to find people who take, uh, you know, poorer and poorer care of their children. But I, wow, that it leaves me flabbergasted the idea of leaving a, a baby bundled up in a, in a baby carriage. I'm sure they, they know how to bum, bundle children properly oh, there, sure. but I, the little faces exposed. At 20 below i i i mean i have an idea of what 20 below is like and i don't like it at all oh they're russian babies they can handle it <laughs> right <laughs> but i i grew up uh, near where you guys grew up in central florida and this was in the mid 80s which isn't that long ago and uh, when kids would come to school i mean you could go out in the parking lot on any given day and probably count 20 shotguns yeah. in the vehicles yeah and indeed i remember the experience of seeing people with guns in the back of their vehicles um it just you know it just kind of went away one day i you know i just never really noticed it you know they'd still have the gun racks there'd be a baseball bat in it or something Cowboy something hat. menacing um in it uh, but uh, other than the shotguns were gone does Ian remember shotguns coming into school? Never, no. Never. I grew up and, in the eighties. I, I there were. I, I, uh, I grew up in the eighties too, and they were everywhere. Well, I I grew up in a, sit, a city in the eighties, oh, so true, yeah. I, I lived you, out in you were down in the Sarasota area. I was yeah. in Wildwood, which is very rural. That's the difference. Yeah, I wouldn't claim that I saw shotguns brought on gun racks to school. I certainly saw them about town. Um, and you know, I just, I just can't make the claim, you know, it, it's not the kind of thing that you would see at the private school that I went to, you know, my, my <laughs> stepbrother, see the kids parking lot, my stepbrother had the, the gun rack in the back of his pickup truck. And I, I asked him one time, you know, why don't you have guns in there? And the, the reason he gave was, oh, well, people will break into your car and steal them. So that's why, uh, at least he stopped carrying them around. I, I don't know if that was maybe sort of the justification given or David, or I want to thank you for the call tonight and the thoughts. Appreciate hearing from you. Let's talk to Ty in Tennessee. Ty, you're on Free Talk Live on the Amp Lines. 
Hey, I've uh, got a quick question. I yes, wanted sir. to see if there may be a follow-up on uh, a couple of days, nights ago. Michelle Seven called in saying that somebody had been arrested on the beach simply because he asked an officer why they asked him for his ID. Yeah, that's right. It was uh, Curtis. Heard... Uh, Curtis is one of our occasional co-hosts on the program here. He was arrested for uh, basically sitting at a campfire and refusing to uh, refusing to show ID to the officers. They charged him, I believe, with uh, it might have been a couple different things, but I know they charged him with basically a fire without a permit. So apparently, the fact that he was sitting near the fire meant that he should be charged for having it, even though the cops had no evidence that he was the one that built the fire. I guess if you're maybe if you're the closest person to the fire, they charge you. I don't know how that works because there was a there were. Uh, uh, you know, Michelle Seven and her, her family and uh, the Mazingos, new movers, and their family were there. So why didn't yeah, they arrest well, everybody? W- women don't know how to build fires either. So. <laughs> I was hoping to find some uh, more video, but all I found was like after after shots. There was one of him being walked away sideways. The video was uh, sideways. Yeah, I don't think they expected uh, you to have any issues, but that's just it. You've got to be prepared. You've got to have uh, you've got to have a phone with cell, you know, cell phone with quick.com on you wherever you are. If you're going to be an activist and you're not going to just completely bow down to the man, then they could approach you at any time. Uh, even though they thought they were following the government's rules by having the fire out there, they thought they were doing what the you know they were supposed to do. Clearly, your interpretation of the rules doesn't matter. So, anytime you're out there up against uh, you know doing anything, there's a chance the cops will mess with you, even if you are supposedly following their rules. And I've got a, another quick thing here. It may not be so easy to uh, for these people out there at the Burning Man to to not be on federal property because so much of the West is owned by the federal yeah, government. Yeah, two-thirds, yep. It's true. You're right about that. But that would be a... Is, but it's quite large. I, I understand where you're coming from, but that would be a huge help to solving this police state problem with Burning Man is to find some private desert land and to go out there and have your party there. It can't be that hard. And then, and then finally, the reason that uh, the authorities don't want anarchy... Yeah. Oh, so there, the reason that the authorities don't like anarchy is not because it's out of control. It's because it's out of their control. Thank you for the call, Ty. I appreciate hearing right. from you as uh, Burning Man continues on. Hopefully we'll hear more from folks with uh, experience at that event, especially as it, as it ends uh, this weekend. We'll see you tomorrow at freetalklive.com. You've got the world's greatest Labor Day barbecue set to go. And then you run out of gas. Dad! Don't risk running empty. Change cylinders quick and easy with Amerigas. Visit Amerigas.com slash radio and enter your zip code to find one of 27,000 locations near you. And while you're there, print out the $5 rebate coupon. That'll buy another steak. Keep the grill fired up. Visit Amerigas.com slash radio.